Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Ball Hawks podcast. Uh, I was going to call this the J.K. Dobbins episode because it's episode number 27, but uh, still a little hurt about that. We'll get to that later. Um, I am your host, Steve Fisher. You can find me on Twitter at SSFisher87. And a happy belated birthday to my co-host, Christopher Tuck Tuck Phillips. Because yeah, it was his Sorry. birthday yesterday. Sorry, what, what what was that? Oh, I think I got you on another one. Tuck Tuck. You know which one that's tuck, off of? Tuck. Yes, yeah, it's off of uh, Raya. And there the you go. I, I, I just didn't hear you. You said it, I don't know, really fast the first time or something. I, I didn't quite... Did you say pep talk? Or like, pep what? what, what? <laughs> just heard pep talk. It was Duck so funny. Talk? We, we like, were watching like... this one over the weekend, and I didn't, I didn't watch a whole lot of it. Um... And before we actually go to watch it, my kids kind of like make weird names for the shows, like just whatever sticks in their brain. That's what they call the shows like uh, oh, yeah. Paw Patrol has never been Paw Patrol. It's Pups. Can we watch Pups? And so I've, I'd never seen Raya. And uh, so Sienna goes, hey, Dad, can we watch Sisu? And I was like, OK, sure. Like she asked politely. The kids agreed on the show and I'm sitting there in Disney Plus. I type in Sisu, like S-E-E-S-O-O. <laughs> like I'm trying every dialect of Sisu. And they're, I'm like, guys, I don't think it's on here. Like, I, I don't think the show Sisu is on here. And Sienna's like, yeah, it's right there. Like starting to get sassy with me because it's right in front of your face, dad. And I'm like, where? Like, I, I can read. You can't read. And I'm like getting defensive at this point as a grown man trying to like talk my toddlers down out of this. And so she like points at it and I was like, that does not say Sisu. And she's like, of course, we like get into this. I was like, that says Raya. She's like, yeah, Raya. And then Sisu also. And so I had to include that one today. But uh, happy belated so birthday for yesterday, dude. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's... um. Olivia used to do the same thing with with movies. I, I can't think of too many examples, but the one that um, always stood out um, that she probably did for the longest. I want to watch the hair movie, Daddy, the hair movie, <laughs> the hair movie. And it figured oh. it out pretty tangled, tangled. Yeah, tangled. Want to watch the hair movie with yeah. Rapunzel and all of her hair, right? But like, she's get as she's getting older, she's getting very good at like being very descriptive. Like, um, you know, Daddy, I want to watch the movie with that little girl, and she's got magic powers, and uh, her teacher's really nice, but the principal's really mean. Like, I want to watch that show, Dad. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, Matilda, you got it, kid. Yeah, like, <laughs> just like 
she's so she's getting a lot better at, at being very descriptive and and part of that stems from the fact that like olivia has or actually she's she's still in um through her school as well but like since she was two or three she's been in speech therapy um just her uh we, we think it all stems just back to the fact that her ears didn't work properly she's had couple sets of tubes in her ears so she, i don't think she ever really was able to hear properly um but anyways so there was a lot of times where she would say the proper thing and um a lot of people wouldn't understand her i mean nadine and, and i are just as guilty for that and it got to the point where she was getting really really frustrated totally. where when we weren't understanding her like the older she got and if we weren't understanding her the more frustrated she would start to get so she yeah, she got uh, really good at, at explaining herself and describing what she's talking about. But um, yeah, man, thank you for the birthday wishes. It was, uh, you know, it uh, it it's <laughs> I, I probably pissed off my wife a lot this weekend because she's like, <laughs> what do you want to do? What do you want to do for your birthday? What, do you want to go out for dinner? Do you want this? Do you want I'm like, it's just 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 stop. Like, it's just another day. I have to go to work on my birthday anyways. Like, yeah, it, it doesn't like, she's like, okay. So like, and, and you know, like I'm telling her, I'm like, don't buy me any presents, which knowing full well, she will. And like little things like that. Right. And like, I mean, she didn't get me anything crazy. She got me a pair of those. Um, I know I've told you about them before the under armor sweatpant shorts. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. She, she got me another pair of those. Nice. Um, or sorry, the kids got me those, but, um, and and you know like yesterday i was i was getting ready to to leave the house for for work and she goes okay so tonight do you want to order dinner in, like order takeout and then like you can just warm yours up when you get home cuz when i work i come home and eat dinner by myself it's super super great um she's like or do you want to like i'll just make something tonight and you can warm that up when you get home and then we'll go out for dinner tomorrow and i'm like how about you make dinner tonight? I'll make dinner tomorrow and we don't have to go out and spend money. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds at this like point, a great birthday. Like, yeah. She's like almost like crying. She's so frustrated with me. Yeah. And I'm like, like just like I said to some of my coworkers, they're like, Oh, like any big plans for your birthday? And I'm like, no, like, it's like, I'm at work right now. <laughs> By the time I get off work, I'm going to get home. It's going to be six 30. My kids are going to be ready for bed. Like, no, I don't have big plans. It's like, Hey, work all day go home it just again treat it like any other day yeah. and uh i don't know maybe i'll celebrate 40 <laughs> which is coming up very oddly quick right hey just hey a, just because you're a year younger than me doesn't mean you take shots okay <laughs> um shots we did actually end up speaking of of disney plus um we ended up uh, after the kids went to bed last night, you know, Nadine and I had a couple drinks and we watched um, an adult movie together. Not that kind of adult movie of perverts. <laughs> I was like, please clarify for everybody. They can't see um, your facial expressions. Brand new movie on Disney Plus uh, with John Cena called Vacation Friends that we watched last night. And uh, it was hilarious. Nice. Highly recommend it. As a adult movie, and I'm air as an quoting, adult movie, whereas like there. you know a movie that you cannot watch with your actually I guess you can't watch either version of adult movie with your kids, no, so probably shouldn't. I don't, yeah, probably, yeah, you probably <laughs> shouldn't do that. Um, and obviously, since you forgot, uh, you can find Chris on Twitter. Did you not forget? 
No, I didn't forget. I was just going to do it at the end okay. instead this week. You can find him on Twitter at I am Phillips on Twitter. Chris 12. You can find the Ballhawks account at Ballhawks underscore pod. Um, let's jump into some around the NFL stuff because we are NFL. We are not just uh, life lessons. We're, we're a bit of both, right? We're, we're a little bit of parenting mishaps, a little bit of birthday mishaps, but we are NFL stuff. Um, one of the ones you wanted to talk about um, and I have to like full disclosure here. I haven't been really doing a lot of NFL stuff. Um, obviously, I was away at uh, listener of the show Liam's wedding, and that was great. But it didn't lead to much football stuff. So why don't you? Because I'm sure you have more info on it. Give us the lowdown on the Deshaun Watson. What's happening? What could or maybe won't happen? Yeah, the uh, Deshaun Watson story that just, I don't know, keeps on giving or just won't go away. Um, I think it was uh, PFT, Pro Football Talk, tweeted, I want to say yesterday morning, uh, that there was, air quotes, uh, chatter around the league um, that the Miami Dolphins and Carolina Panthers had become the front runners for Deshaun Watson and that a trade could happen soon. And I think I've seen something like since then that now like apparently the Dolphins are the front runners and the asking price is like three firsts and two seconds. But the Dolphins want um, protection on those picks in case uh, Deshaun Watson gets you know prosecuted for all the allegations that he's currently facing, which like, I'm sorry, but if you're worried about this guy facing prosecution for the 20 plus allegations that he is facing and you want, you know, draft pick protection, why the hell are you even considering a trade to begin with? Right. Like you don't, ha- it's not like you're like, you know, gun to your head. You have to trade for Deshaun Watson. Like <laughs> that, that, that's not happening. Like, so just be like, eh, well, you know what? Like this could still happen. So like, yeah, let's not pull the trigger because it's too risky. And it's not like you have a, you know, you don't have a bad quarterback in, in uh, Tua. You just don't really know what you have in Tua because, uh, you know, Flores kept, you know, he played Tua, then he played Fitzpatrick, and then he played both in the same game. Like, it just, <laughs> so I don't, it, like, sure, you have the draft capital to make a trade like that happen because of the Tunsil trade. Um, but I don't like, if you're going to do something like that, find out what you have in Tua this season, get more, probably clarification on what's happening with the allegations, uh, against Deshaun Watson and make the trade next year. If, if you still feel so inclined. Right. Like my big one with this is, do the Dolphins really need him? Like you said, I, I'm not sure they know what they have yet in Tua as an NFL quarterback. Obviously, as a collegiate quarterback, um, you know, he couldn't have started his collegiate quarterback career better by coming in, saving the national championship, uh, leading Alabama there. But I, I just feel like this is a team that could have made the playoffs very easily. Um 
made some moves that I think put them, you know, again, in that running for it. So why are you willing to trade three firsts and a two? I get Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, the player, is probably worth three firsts and a two. But like you said, if he gets prosecuted by the law, you've just given up all that draft capital. And like, for me, I know the quarterback is the most ex- like important part of a football team because they touch the ball on basically every snap. They get to make the decisions. Um, but three firsts and two seconds, that is a lot of players on cheap rookie contracts that could fill your team out. Like, so I don't know if it make for me, I don't see why it makes a lot of sense for Miami. If he's playing, I think that does push them over the edge to be like a, a legitimate contender. Um, the Panthers, like you just traded for Darnold. And yeah. if like, I haven't watched a lot of Panthers stuff. I, I've been, you know, kind of checking out how McCaffrey is doing in practice. Cause he's on our, my fantasy team. Um, wanted to see how Terrace Marshall jr. Was looking, but they haven't really been playing Darnold a whole lot, which means you know what you have in him. So if the reports are true, either you don't like what you had in him, and if you didn't like what you had in him, why is he not playing during the preseason to get like extra reps? So like, right. I, I actually did see that report, and those two teams just didn't make sense for me on a landing spot for him. I was like, why those two spots? Uh, well, so I, I believe Watson holds the cards. Like I, I'm pretty sure he's got the 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 kind of control as to where he goes. Okay. Um, I think I remember seeing something about that where he got it written into his contract. I think like last year or something like that. That you know, if, if he gets traded, he has control on where he goes. So I mean, you know, no trade clause essentially. Um, and apparently, again, this is all you know, internet chatter. Um. He wants to go to Miami because he wants to um, reunite with Will Fuller. Really? Which I thought was weird, too, because, I mean, like, Will Fuller <laughs> can't even people. play a full season. Right. Of all people I don't know if, you're I don't, going for I don't know if you saw, um, I, I, I sent a, a tweet out um, a week or two ago, and a, a, a guy was like, oh, like, just drafted Will Fuller in, like, the 14th round, and I can't believe that value, and blah, 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 blah. I'm like... Yeah, sure. Like that's good value for for Will Fuller, but like the truth about Will Fuller is, whatever round you draft him in, you divide that number by two, and that's how many games he's actually going to play in this season. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, I hate to say that because this is like a guy's career on the line, but it's the truth. Like, if you're going to say I want to go to Green Bay to play with Devontae Adams. That makes a lot of sense. You want to go play in Arizona to be with uh, with with Nuke. I, I could see him yeah. saying something like that. Maybe if they didn't have an established quarterback. But yeah, that's a that's a weird one. Um, kind of just the story that that never goes away. Hey, and like if I'm the other teams, I, I know you've got to initiate those trades if you're unhappy with your quarterback. But the Texans aren't playing Deshaun Watson. He is not playing for them. They aren't going to start him. I I don't know why they're not starting him. Like, get out there and earn your money. Um, they're like, they're almost like playing hardball with a guy who they have no leverage with. Like, they have yeah. literally no leverage in this situation. If he says I'm not playing, uh, then you're basically just wasting all this cap room. 
So then trade him. But then if you're saying, oh, we want a king's ransom for him, you also don't have the leverage in that situation. So, like, I don't get what the Texans are doing, but that's been the Texans' you, MO forever. Yeah. The, the the Texans also don't know what the Texans are, do, are doing. <laughs> Even the, so. the Bill O'Brien-less Texans still don't know. Yeah, right? And, um, and, and like you said with Will Fuller, like, you know, I'm not wishing – ill will on a guy um i love will fuller i I think he's a super super talented wide receiver um i've always loved i mean i've had him on my fantasy team multiple times and that's probably why i do like watching him so much um but he just he he can't stay on the field that's just it it, you know that, that that's not you know seeing anything negative it's just it's it's proven it's facts it's he's i don't think he's played a full season in his nfl career i mean i'd have to look that up to see if that's actually actually factual but yeah i I just think i've ever seen him play a whole yeah yeah i I think he got close last year and then he got uh the ped suspension oh that's right even when he's not injured um okay how about we rag on a different fan base for a little bit these guys have been kind of uh, maybe not the fan base, but uh, the players have been kind of in the limelight for maybe the wrong reasons. Uh, turns out the Buffalo Bills are hitting headlines for COVID-19 related issues again. You want to tell everybody what that one was about? God, yeah. So um, it uh, I mean, Cole Beasley, um, you know, everybody's you know, favorite slot receiver in the NFL, <laughs> uh, best slot receiver in the NFL, according to Cole Beasley. Uh, he got sent home for five days uh, due to a close contact with uh, someone who tested positive for COVID, um, which he's not the only guy. Uh, Cam Newton got sent home for a similar reason. Um And then the other one was Isaiah McKenzie got fined just under fifteen thousand dollars um because he is unvaccinated and was not wearing a mask in team facilities like the nfl just put out a memo what two weeks ago stating anyone who is unvaccinated must wear a mask in team facilities must wear a mask on the sidelines must wear a mask like you know, black and white, wear a goddamn mask. Uh, and Mackenzie wasn't wearing a mask. We got fined fifteen grand. And like, I don't know if you, I don't know if you saw the tweet or not, Steve. But he, he tweeted um, an image. Like, it basically, he like um, scanned the memo that he got from the league, or like, or he maybe just saved it from from his email or whatever. Posted it on Twitter, saying, "You got me, NFL. You win." Um, did you see it? I I saw it like in passing and all okay. I could, like so, I didn't understand what he was actually getting at. Maybe I should have read it a little more in depth. So so you didn't see again Isaiah McKenzie, NFL NFL athlete, um, not smart enough to wear a mask, also not smart enough to black out his email address when he posted that <laughs> screenshot on Twitter. <laughs> Oh man. He also didn't black out uh the email address of whatever, you know, NFL executive sent him the 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 uh Oof. fine letter. So he basically doxed himself and um and uh NFL executive. 
I'm sure he's there might even be an extra fine in that. Like, I'm sure they're not allowed right? to disclose like personal information of like memos that get sent out. You know, what was kind of surprising about the email address, though? It was a Gmail address. Hmm. Like you, you would think that these teams would like provide their athletes with, I don't know, a team email address, like Isaiah McKenzie at Buffalo com or something like that. Like just to be like, you know, any correspondence regarding to the team or the league or yeah. I don't know, playbooks, like things like that. You think they would send it all to a, 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 a team specific email, especially like, you know, if a guy gets cut, they can just be like, cut that email, cut it off, like <laughs> block it. Like, yeah, that's, that's an interesting one. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll move on past that. I think, I think our listeners know our stance on that. Uh, just so be one last thing. Okay. Um, for anyone who didn't see it, um, a few days after getting the fine letter from the NFL and being oh, like, Oh, right. like 15 grand is not that much money. Like whatever. I'll just pay the fine. And Stefan Diggs is like, no man, like 15 grand. That's a lot of money, bro. <laughs> <laughs> His own teammate. Right. Um, so anyways, a couple days later on Instagram, he posted a picture of himself with his vaccine card showing right. that he got his first dose. Right. So Just, proving that, um, you know, there being consequences for your actions, uh, you know, does force some of these people to uh, to go and get the vaccine. Yeah, I mean, if that's what it takes for him to get the vaccine, all the power to the NFL. It seems like a weird one that a guy is unwilling to go get a vaccine for whatever reason. I don't know what his personal reasons were for not getting it by this point uh, in this journey. Uh, but basically like, so I don't have to wear a mask in and around the club facilities, like just be smarter in the first place. Uh, a trade that happened over the last week, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars trade their number two, <laughs> uh, quarterback Gardner Minshew is going to the PA in Philly for a conditional sixth round pick, uh, the Jaguars receive a fifth round pick if Minshew plays 50% of the snaps in three games. So that's probably, I would bet money that that's looking more like a fifth. My big one is you have Jalen Hurts. You bring in Flacco as like this veteran backup. Who knows, maybe stirring the pot, there's always been kind of this off season of are they going to keep hurts is he their guy and then they go trade for yes he is a backup but he's a young guy who want like he's been very vocal Minshew about being a starter like he's doing it in funny ways but he was a starter for the Jaguars he still wants to be a starter and you bring him in as like competition I, this one really baffled me. Again, maybe they see what they have in Jalen Hurts uh, and they don't like it or they're just not fully, uh, I guess, they're not happy with the development and they want to push him. Uh, you you were on record if you maybe, maybe about six weeks ago saying you think Jalen Hurts is going to have a big year. Did this one surprise you? It, it, totally. Um, even a you know, I was also on record a few days before 
uh, Minshew was traded. I, I think when they, you know, when the Jaguars, you know, finally did the inevitable naming uh, T-Law the, the starting quarterback, which I don't know why Urban Meyer played this charade all um, training camp and all all preseason being like, well, like there's a competition. There wasn't a competition. <laughs> you drafted the guy first overall. He's your starting quarterback. Like there, there, it, yeah. it, it, it was done. It was set in stone that day. Um, so I was on record. I, I, I tweeted it a few days before um, the, the trade actually happened saying that, you know, maybe he ends up in somewhere like Denver um, who also is, you know, been reportedly not overly happy with their quarterbacks and maybe looking to make a change there. Um, I know they just named Teddy Bridgewater their starting quarterback, but you know, is, is that really <laughs> their quarterback of the future or is That's he just the guy? That's probably why they're not this, happy. Yeah. Right. Or is that just the guy this year? Yeah. Um, another team that I, or a couple other teams that I mentioned as, you know, maybe go there, get traded there um, to become, you know, this friend or these franchises quarterback of their future. Um, what about, a, a, you know, somewhere like Atlanta, go back yeah. up Matt Ryan and be the, you know, be the next quarterback there. Or what about Pittsburgh, the other team in Pennsylvania, right? Again, Ben Roethlisberger getting a little long in the tooth and, and you know, the, the Steelers are clearly trying to make, um, you know, plans for what to do after Ben is gone. Um, so that that one also kind of made sense to me. I was like, well, you know, trade for a guy like Gardner Minshew, backs up Ben this year, and you know, maybe takes over next year or, yeah. or whenever that may be. Like, I, I don't, I don't know what the Steelers think about uh, Dwayne Haskins. I, I, it sounds like Haskins has, you know, possibly surpassed Mason Rudolph. No, um, but no, no, I, no, I no, think no. Minshew or, Minshew is probably better than both Haskins and Rudolph. So they actually um, just uh, I. I got to cut you off there. Um, yeah. They actually were interviewing Mike Tomlin. They, I'm not sure who they, the media or something. And uh, basically Haskins had a really bad last game. And that's like his last performance before cuts. And Tomlin said, like the rest of us, I didn't think it was enough varsity work from him it wasn't the type of performance he wanted or we wanted, but such is life. So you can like, I don't know if Haskins is even in the clear there, but I, I do yeah. think the, the Minshew trade somewhere there, or like you said, where there's an aging veteran guy where you're looking either to be a bridge to whoever that next franchise guy is, or to legitimately give Gardner Minshew a shot. Yeah. Or I mean, I don't know, Detroit, if Jared, you know, maybe Jared Goff is going to fizzle out there this year or Minnesota, if Kirk Cousins, like there's, there's a lot of other opportunities other than sending them to somewhere like Philly, where they have a young quarterback in place who, um, like, like you had just mentioned, I think is going to have a really good season this year. Um, I think the Minshew trade is probably more, um, you know, hurts Flacco probably more than hurts at this point. Probably. Maybe they like what they, you know, Minshew brings to the table more, um, you know, if hurts goes down or if hurts sh struggles, maybe they, 
they like Minshew to be able to come in and, and kind of run the same system that they want to run. Whereas Flacco, um, you know, at this point in, in his career is, I mean, he's, he's never really been that mobile quarterback, right? He's, he's been a more of a, more of a pocket passer. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, I could see that it, making a little bit of sense because it just seems weird to me that Philly has been under this quarterback controversy for, I don't, I don't even remember the last time they weren't battling through some sort of who is the starter, who, you know, is this the guy they were clearly happy enough with Jalen Hurts in his development where he is as a quarterback that they went out and traded Carson Wentz, who they drafted second overall. Yep. So it just, I, I definitely get the idea of he can run the same or a similar system to Jalen Hurts, whereas that's not really the same skill set that Joe Flacco has. But you knew that when you brought Joe Flacco in early on. So like something just doesn't really make sense there for me, uh, yeah. you know, unless maybe they were just using Flacco as kind of like a camp arm, which sometimes they do. I just feel like maybe Flacco is a little higher profile of a guy than like a camp arm. I was, I was talking to um, uh, Jake Bogle about that, um, where like, you know, if, if this is a, a, a trade that they've made to bring Minshew in to now be the, the backup quarterback to Hertz and now, I mean, Flacco is not going to be your your QB three, so he's likely going to get cut. Um, shocking, I guess, just at at this stage in in his career. Like, yeah. I don't feel like he's that old. I don't feel like he's, you know, I don't feel like I don't know. I, I've never been the biggest Joe Flacco fan to begin with. Um, both him and Matt Ryan, I've kind of always just been kind of like meh over. <laughs> um, but still, I mean, a big fall from grace for a Super Bowl. Uh, winning quarterback, right? Super Bowl MVP too. Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Super Bowl MVP is so weird. Like the most random people. Malcolm like, Smith. Malcolm Smith. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Malcolm Smith. Right. Like, he is so the most random, random one like, that I, you know, recently can remember. Yeah, but like, I mean, that one as a Seahawks fan, like that should have been uh, Cam Chancellor. Right. Uh. Okay, let's let's move on to a little bit of Seahawks and a little bit of Ravens news. Week three of the preseason uh, officially just wrapped up, I think, maybe an hour, hour and a half ago with the Browns playing whoever they were playing. I saw the Browns were on Uh, preseason's done and we're going to start with Seahawks because I'm not sure if I'm quite ready at this point to talk Ravens uh, preseason game three yet. (laughs) Uh, we will let you give us the rundown. How did the Hawks look? What were you happy with? Uh, Any takeaways? Finally, something positive to say about my Seahawks this preseason. Here we go. Um, Here we go. Let's go, folks. Get ready for this, Chris, for the rest of the season. Um, The Seahawks look really, really good. Uh, Last night they played. um, They played the Chargers, which I mean, Again, don't get me wrong, the Chargers played, at least on offense. Um, I don't know about on on the offensive line, but, like, Justin Herbert didn't play. Austin Eckler didn't play. Keenan Allen didn't play. I don't think Mike Williams played. I think Mike Williams might actually be hurt. I'm not quite sure. Um, You know, talk about another guy that can't stay on the field. Um, Will Fuller-esque. But anyways, (laughs) um, 
the Seahawks looked really good. They, uh, they, you know, they they rolled out a few more of their uh, starters this week. Still, no Russell Wilson, no Chris Carson, no Tyler Lockett, no DK Metcalf. Um, some of the starting offensive line played. Uh, I think Damian Lewis was out there. Um, I, I don't know if anyone else was, but uh, uh, on defense, man, like the the D, I think the second snap, second play. On defense, um, Cody Barton blitzed. Uh, Marquise Blair blitzed. Barton knocked the ball out of uh, Chase Daniels' hands, up into the air. Marquise Blair caught it out of the air uh, for the uh, defensive touchdown. Um, I think they ended up calling it a fumble. Pick six, fumble, don't care. Defensive touchdown, looked great. Big uh, big Dixon energy looked great punting the punting the ball <laughs> last night. He had a couple really good ones. He had one that uh, like it like bounced on the two, it bounced on the one. Uh, it was like looking like it might go into the end zone, and it kind of like ro- bounced backwards. And then <laughs> the the special teamer got in there and knocked it back to make sure that it wasn't the touchback. So I think that one got down to like the three yard line or something like nice. crazy like that. So. Yeah, man, the Seahawks looked really good. Uh, I mean, I was already really excited going into the season, really optimistic going into this season. Um, last night definitely didn't help with that. Um, I mean, like I said, still a lot of starters not playing, uh, and the team looked really good. Uh, D. Eskridge finally got uh, some some play time for the first time this preseason. Uh, finally has kind of gotten past his his toe injury that he was dealing with. Um, he had one catch, which looked great. He, uh, took a jet sweep, uh, which I mean, I don't know if you saw the tweet that I sent, but the Seahawks were up like 14, nothing at one point. And I was like, I don't care what the Seahawks do for the rest of the night on offense. Just force feed the ball to D Eskridge. I don't care if you score any, any more points. I just want to see the ball in his hands just to see what he can do. Um, I didn't get my wish. Unfortunately, um, yeah, Alex Collins looked good. Like it just, yeah, like Did I said, really, really happy. I, what's that? Did he get to do his Irish River dance? Uh, he did score a touchdown. Didn't do the dance. Oh, I was uh, gonna say my follow up question to that was, it, would it be a taunting penalty at that point? Well, I don't know. Like, <laughs> can they can they still celebrate touchdowns? I don't know. I, I I figure he's saving uh, the the dance for for regular season okay. um if, if well he should still be on the team if he got cut i'd be really surprised maybe a trade candidate i don't know um as far as the negatives there's there's a few things uh there is one i don't know if the backup left tackles for the seahawks are trying to either get make sure that Dwayne brown gets paid or if they're just trying to get Geno Smith killed. Like, I don't know if Geno Smith pissed someone off in the locker room or, like, what happened. But, of course, there was the game a couple weeks ago against the Raiders that Stone Forsyth just absolutely missed a guy on a blitz. And Geno got a concussion. <laughs> last last night, Jeez. Jamarco Jones was playing left tackle. And <laughs> the ball was snapped. I'll, I'll have to tweet the video at you afterwards. The ball was snapped. And Jamarco Jones literally didn't move. <laughs> he like he just didn't, stayed, he didn't he hear the snap and didn't notice people were like taking off in their stances. Like 
Eh. Stayed in his stance for probably one to two seconds after the ball was snapped. Wow. And then was like, oh, wait a second. Like, we're playing football here, guys. Time out, guys. Time out. I haven't moved. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, there was was a lot of, uh, you know, Seahawks Twitter tweeting about uh, Jamarco Jones being you know, stuck in quicksand. I made a tweet about him, you know, trying to get Geno Smith killed and or getting Dwayne Brown paid. Maybe a bit of both. I don't really know. Um, but it, it's things like that that you see that, uh, you know, make you happy and make you understand why Russell Wilson didn't play this preseason. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne, Dwayne Brown, of course, is uh, they're not calling it a holdout but he's not practicing or playing because he wants a new contract because he's in the last year of his. Uh, So he he wants, uh, you know, a little bit more security, I guess, financial security. Um, Another guy that all of a sudden uh, he had been practicing and I think he maybe got in a couple snaps in preseason. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, But now all of a sudden he's not practicing and he's, uh, I think Pete called it, He's uh, said he's holding in. So he, he was on the sideline in uniform last night, but uh, no intention of going in the game is Quandre Diggs. All of a sudden, is uh, he wants to get paid as well because he's also in the last year of his contract, um, which that one's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, if Marquise Blair can... So Marquise Blair is a free safety by trade but the Seahawks have been using him as their nickel cornerback. Um, so if Marquise Blair can stay healthy this season and play well in the nickel cornerback slot, do they leave him there or do they let Quandary Diggs walk and maybe move Marquise back up to safety? I I mean, it, it's a possibility. It's an option that they have because, I mean, they still have Ugo Amadi there as well who can also play nickel. Um Although I think I said a couple of weeks ago, I wouldn't be su- overly surprised if I saw Amadi get cut. Um, unless maybe they move him to special teams. Because I think, I mean, Marquise Blair, um, he won the nickel cornerback battle last year um, and then got hurt towards ACL. Hmm. So I, I fully expect him to to win the battle again this year and, and play in that nickel spot. Uh, what else happened this week? Uh, they made a trade as well. They cut uh, Pierre Desir uh, and traded for uh, second-year cornerback from the Texans, uh, John Reed. Um, traded, I think, a conditional seventh-round pick in the 2023 draft. So, like, not next year, but the following year. And I, I don't even know what the, the conditions are on, on the draft pick, but... Basically, you know, probably one of those guys that the Texans were going to cut anyways, and the Seahawks said, well, you know, we could probably still use a little bit of help at cornerback, and let's see if this guy can come in and, and if he can uh, can compete. Um, the only it, other thing I can think of is – sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say the, the condition might be, like, if he's still on their active roster or, like, maybe he makes the 53 – and plays X amount of percentage of defensive yeah. snaps in the season or something, then maybe, maybe yeah. they get a sixth or I don't know. I didn't look that too far into it. I mean, it's uh, in in my mind, probably a, a depth move more than more than anything. Uh, you know, maybe get a little bit younger at the, at the position. 
Um, the only other thing I could think of from the Seahawks uh, this past week, which was kind of weird. Um, I mean, I guess on the surface was kind of weird, but once more information kind of came out, it made more sense was um, the Seahawks signed Luke Wilson on Tuesday um, because they were just, they were struggling with injuries at the tight end position. Um, Just again, some, some depth issues and, you know, figured, you know, this guy still lives in Seattle. He knows the system. He knows the team. Let's bring him back and, and uh, let's see, you know, let's just have him here. You know, even if he is just a camp body for, for a week or two. And then on Wednesday, they cut him. And everyone was like, what the hell? Like, they just signed this guy yesterday. Why are they cutting him today? Like, what the hell happened? And came out after the fact that uh, Wilson actually asked to get released. Um. After, I guess he suffered, uh, he had some health problems this, this past offseason, um, something to do with his heart, and it kind of, like, opened his eyes to, you know, just the, the possibilities and, and, you know, living his life and, and everything else that, that can be outside of football. But then the Seahawks called, and he's like, well, like, ah, yeah, okay, it is the Seahawks. Like, yeah, okay, I'll sign the contract. I'll, I'll go, and... Um, I guess like so he released a statement and he uh he said in the statement he said just you know like it's it, I was happy to be here I, I love the Seahawks um it just my heart's not in it anymore um you know I I came to practice and I just wasn't feeling it and it's just it's time to move on to the next chapter in my life um so good for him um, you know, I, I wish him the best in whatever the next chapter may be. He is a, uh, you know, fellow Canadian. Uh, I always like to say this to my wife. Uh, anytime I talk about Luke Wilson, I'm like, hey, did you know he's good friends with Zach Cassian? Um, which every time my wife says, like, you've told me this like 20 <laughs> times already. <laughs> Which I don't do it as much for anyone who's listening. Uh, Zach Cassian is a uh, professional hockey player. He used to play for our uh, Vancouver Canucks. Um, he doesn't play for the Canucks anymore, so I don't say that to Nadine as much anymore. <laughs> to you know, just to I don't know. It, half of marriage is like, how far can I push her? To the point of like, so I don't want to be hit. I don't want her to be like, I'm done. I'm leaving you. But, like, I want to, like, push her, like, you know, pretty far to see how much I can irritate her. <laughs> I feel like I do a pretty good job. Uh, um, w- sorry, one last thing. I, I I just remembered I took a couple screenshots of some things I saw on Twitter, and this one made me laugh. Um, uh, Curtis Crabtree uh, tweeted, Asked D. Eskridge what it takes to be good at running the fly sweep. His response, good? I don't know. Great. Be fast like me. <laughs> I just love that kid's confidence. This is the guy that also said, like, you know, he wants to race DK Metcalf. And uh, I know Trey Brown called out DK Metcalf as well. So I just I, I love the confidence. Um, call it cockiness. I don't care. Uh, you just you'd love to see it. Definitely. 
that yeah one of the big things i was thinking of uh obviously listening to you talk seahawks and you were so concerned about the depth and you were concerned about them having a good showing and like you said the chargers may have sat a lot of their their big stars but if your opponent is sitting a bunch of those big stars you would hope to uh have a good showing against them and you know that's exactly what you want and it sounds like that's exactly what happened so whether whether or not the chargers were playing full tilt uh obviously the seahawks weren't either but you expect your guys to beat up on you know backups if you're playing some of your starters so you call it what you wanted in the preseason but not being alarmed about stuff in the preseason is usually a really good sign yeah well and, and that's what happened in uh week two of the preseason right where the Seahawks were playing mostly backups and the Broncos were playing their starters well yeah the Broncos did at as they should have kicked the crap out of the Seahawks right like they won right. like 30 to 3 or whatever it was yeah and that's the way it should have been I mean as a Seahawks fan it still raised some red flags of like oh man like my team's depth sucks like if someone gets hurt like we're screwed and like you know a <laughs> little bit of a you know chicken little mentality where the you know the sky is falling um but then you see a little bit of the reverse of that this past week I, I only watched um the first half uh last night just like i said um it was my birthday so um wanted to watch a movie and just kind of hang out with the wife and and i know if i was watching football she would have just been on her phone all night so um wanted to to uh actually feel like we were not just sitting in the same room together but we were actually spending time together see you do have good qualities as a husband chris i knew they were in there somewhere uh you just had to to say it out loud man if only my wife listened to this podcast yeah she would divorce you let's be realistic that's it yeah (laughs) in 27 episodes i've said one good thing about her (laughs) yeah i love i love my wife yeah nadine please listen to the recording at this exact second okay let let's not delay the other ones (laughs) uh i was gonna say let's not delay the inevitable anymore um Obviously, the big news to come out of the Ravens preseason game three is J.K. Dobbins goes down, uh, has to get carted off the field, you know, can't put any weight on the leg. So I obviously I I said I was at a wedding this weekend. Uh, I was at a wedding last night and uh, beautiful location and there was no cell service up there. So I didn't know anything that was going on, which was probably a good thing because I really enjoyed myself at the wedding. Uh, And, you know, obviously I didn't have my phone, you know, on my hip waiting for like updates or anything like that. Um, But if I were to check on my phone, I probably would have been very sad, very downtrodden. Uh, When I did come back into service, my phone was like, you know, the Christmas tree lighting up everywhere. And instantly my heart just sunk. I was like, this cannot be good. There's no way this can be any good. And so, uh, you know, there was hope 
that maybe it was a hyperextension. Because if you watch it, he kind of gets tackled uh, from behind and it looks like that left knee kind of goes hyperextended forward. And, you know, you're hoping for the guy and for his teammates that it's maybe a hyperextension and he's going to be back in a couple weeks, maybe four to six weeks kind of thing for a, a batter, a, a worse hyperextension. Turns out he tore his ACL and he is done for the season. And uh, uh, re- really sucks for him. He he's just such a gamer. Like if you watch anything Ravens, you know that this guy lives, breathes, and eats football. He all he wants to do is be great. All he wants to do is be the best running back and not just like one of the best he just wants to literally be the best ever and uh it's just hard to see a guy I mean it's hard to see any guy go down with a big injury like that but a guy that is such a gamer like my heart just breaks for these kids when like you know obviously having an ACL myself um you know what he's gonna go through but for it to be that big of a part of his life. And he was, he's a huge part of this team making a big Super Bowl run. So, uh, yeah, th- that one obviously really sucked. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I know you, you wanted to jump in uh, there. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to jump in. I, I, I saw um, when we I went out for dinner tonight to celebrate my birthday. And uh, we were at, uh, it, 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 I don't know, not really a sports bar, but like a, I guess a family friendly sports bar, call it anyways. Um, and I, they had the whatever game on, I think it was the Browns and the Falcons and the ticker across the bottom said that uh, they're also investigating for um, LCL damage. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, you're talking about like being at the wedding last night with no cell phone reception, which there is nothing greater in this world than being somewhere with no cell phone reception. Oh, it was um, so nice. Which probably says a lot about like how much of a grumpy old man I am at this point in my life. Um, <laughs> but being somewhere and, and being just unreachable. And like, I, I know I've said this to you in the past, like one of my favorite things about going to Disneyland is that I'm too cheap to pay to have to, you know, what is it? $8 a day to be able to use my phone down in the United States. Well, I'm not going to pay that $8 a day for seven days straight. So I just have my phone shut off and it's absolutely glorious and I love it. Um, But I just, when I saw the injury, I, of course I, I thought of you right away, right away. And I was going to text you, um, but at the same time, I was like, you know what, like other people are going to text him. He's going to see it on his own. Like, I'm not just like, I don't want it. Like, I don't want Steve to feel like I'm, you know, rubbing salt in the wound being like, Oh man, like, did you, did you see what happened to Dobbins? Like you knew. And if you didn't knew you were going to find out soon enough, you don't need to have people being like, Oh man, like, did you hear about Dobbins? Did you hear about Dobbins? Like, it sucks. It's one of your favorite players on your favorite team. Um, I mean, we, we talked about it earlier today. You have him on our on your fantasy team in our keeper league. Like he was locked in as one of your yeah. keepers. And now all of a sudden, you know, a week before the draft, it's like, 
oh crap well now what right <laughs> and it's just it 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 sucks i i feel for you dude it's i mean nobody likes to see any of our players get hurt whether they be a starter whether they be a backup a special teamer whatever it is um but especially in preseason like it yeah. just like i don't know like i'm, I'm sure for these guys it, it it doesn't make much of a difference when they get hurt but like I don't know, to me as a fan or to me as a, you know, low level athlete, I would much rather get hurt in a game when it matters than in a game where I'm just trying to get back up to speed. You know what I mean? Yeah, there was there was a lot of chatter on Twitter, you know, about why are you playing your starters? And, and I get it. That's probably a natural you know, reactionary type reaction to a situation. Fact of the matter is, look at how many starters have played reps in the preseason and have gone unscathed. This yep. this kind of stuff can happen in practice. This kind of stuff can happen if you are walking down the street and it's icy. Less likely, but these guys are playing contact sports. If you asked J.K. Dobbins would if he could go back and sit preseason game three out right now, I would bet everything that he would say, well, no, like I, I play football. It's a contact game. Things like that happen. Like it, yep. it really does suck. Things like that happen. Um, and it's funny that and you say like, um, you know, he's on your fantasy team. Uh, I honestly, I didn't even think about fantasy football until this morning. Like the news comes out, obviously you knew I had him locked in as a keeper. Uh, yeah. I didn't think fantasy football at all until today in our group message when it was stuff like, oh, hey, um, you guys have to set your keepers. Like all I can think about is, you know, just empathy towards this young kid who w looked like he was poised to have a breakout season uh, be one of the top superstar backs in the league. Uh, that's first and foremost. Second, I, you know, my, my head goes to, okay, that sucks, but it happened. You got to move on. And it sounds like that's probably his mentality right now too, which is a great, I, I really hope he's in that positive mindset. Uh, but they do have obviously Gus Edwards who. Uh, I was I was talking with our buddy Nick, who's also in that keeper league about Gus Edwards, and he was like, what do you think of him? And I was like, I think he's great. He has a great yards per carry average. I think he's going to come in as an RB1. But to some degree, he is a little unproven. Like he is proven. But when you've only had less than 150 carries a season, now they're going to give you the reins. And I, and I fully expect them to give you know, Gus, most of the carries, I don't think they're going to split, you know, how him and Dobbins have been splitting or, you know, given Dobbins, maybe like the 60, 40 share. I don't think they're going to, you know, they have Tyson Williams, who I was talking about last week, who looks really good. He's going to have to step up as an RB two. Uh, lots of chatter. You even had mentioned this, that maybe a guy like Todd Gurley comes in uh, to fill kind of that running back room. I do think they're going to bring somebody in. I don't know if it's going to be one of these high profile guys like the Le'Veon Bells people are talking about. People are talking about Gurley. 
I've even heard Adrian Peterson. Some people have talked about Frank Gore. Whoever it is, I believe is going to slot in as the RB3. And I, I fully expect them to bring someone in because of how much they have run the ball. You've got to have some sort of backup plan, you know, knock on wood. Hopefully no one else gets hurt. But guess what? It's a physical position. The odds are kind of stacked against you. So, you know, I, I fully expect them to do the classic Ravens next man up philosophy. And uh, I expect Gus Edwards to have a massive year. They're going to need to have him step up to have a huge year if they want to uh, get to the Super Bowl, you know, while Lamar's still on the rookie contract. Can I interest you in one uh, Rashad Penny (laughs) for a fourth round draft pick? Conditional eighth. (laughs) Oh, wait. It turns into a seventh if he plays... Oh, 17 God, that, starting games that is quite possibly and i say possibly to be generous um the worst first round pick in the pete carroll john schneider era yeah they kind of reached on that a little bit which, they, they which a lot of people were talking for about sure i don't know if it was the same draft no it, it couldn't have been the same draft maybe it was as um as the sony michelle draft yeah, it was. Was it the same? Okay. I was wondering if it yeah, was because obviously people are yeah. talking about how, why would the, like, how did the Patriots not pick Nick no. Chubb over no. Sony Michelle, no. like two Georgia guys? No. No. So, no. anyways, back to no. the Ravens. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Some other uh, news and notes that, again, I was at a wedding, so I've kind of been playing catch up. Uh, I didn't watch the whole game. I've been watching some highlights, you know, looking at little clips that people have been posting. One thing that concerned me a little bit in the limited snaps that Lamar Jackson took, he actually got sacked twice. So, you know, I, I don't know how many snaps he actually took in that game. I know it was, I think it was just for one series by everything I I was watching. Uh, getting sacked twice that concerns me just going forward. Like we we've talked about how the Bengals picked Jamar Chase over Panay Sewell. And there was that, you know, funny little thing where it's like, Oh, Joe Burrow throwing to Jamar Chase with no offensive line. He's on his butt. The ball doesn't make it to Jamar Chase. But if you put Panay Sewell there, Joe Burrow can throw to anybody if he has time. So the Ravens obviously did a lot of work on bringing in some pieces to the offensive line. Obviously, they traded uh, Orlando Brown Jr., so a little addition and subtraction. But they also brought in some uh, wide receiver weapons. And if Lamar Jackson is going to have time to develop chemistry with these guys, to you know, be a passer and not scrambling he's going to have to have more than a second and a half to not get sacked. So a little concern there. Staying in the quarterback uh, room there, Tyler Huntley, you know, obviously with Trace McSorley out, he came in and he had five touchdowns. Yeah, it's preseason, but he passed for four touchdowns. He ran in for another one. Uh, He had himself a game. And I think what it showed most, if anything, is 
if Lamar went down or, you know, we still are in a COVID year. We saw that Lamar has had COVID twice now. Uh, if he's out for a game, I actually do have confidence in Tyler Huntley that he can emulate Lamar's style well enough that the the team doesn't have to shift completely. And I think they wanted that to be RG3 for the last couple of years. He just was never that person. I think they've literally found the perfect clone backup for Lamar Jackson. And, it, and it's pretty cool to see that. And it's it's nice to see this kid come out uh, and and have a really strong outing. Is, uh, sorry, just a quick question. Is Huntley, is he a rookie or is he, like, where did they find this guy? Yeah, last year he was a rookie. He got kind of buried in the depth chart a little bit uh, behind Trace McSorley, obviously. Uh, he came out of, now you're testing me, uh, Utah. And uh, when you when you see, so he was, a, by, oh, sorry, I should have said, he's a, a, a UDFA who made the team. Uh, and when you watch Tyler Huntley on the field, and if you don't look at the, the Jersey number, you can almost swear it's Lamar Jackson. Like well, it, it's that very goes back to um, Calvin had that meme, right? Where it's like Huntley was uh, the, the uh, you know, store brand Dr. Pepper. Yeah. But, yeah. but like, not only the playing style, but their physical stature is so similar that, you know, you really have to look back at the jersey number and you're like, oh, okay, like, that's why he's moving just maybe a tiny bit different. So that was good to see. And uh, one last thing I want to bring up uh, is, oh, so I'll just quickly say, I, I thought James Prochet had a really uh, solid day. He's been excellent in camp, but hasn't really shown in, you know, a preseason game. I couldn't find the uh, a video of this or anything, but he had one rush for 76 yards. So somewhere along the line, he had a 76 yard rush. I can't find the video for it, but he also had four receptions, 52 yards. He had a beautiful touchdown grab. Uh, the DB is draped all over him. His helmet gets ripped off in the process of catching it over him. So it's nice to see him in the red zone fighting for the catch, coming down with it, even with his helmet getting ripped off. But it leads me to my next point. The Ravens got two taunting penalties. <laughs> and they were the chintziest looking taunts. If you want to call them taunts uh, that I have ever seen in all of football, like, you know, you got to think these guys are battling hard. It's a physical sport. Dude's helmet just gets ripped off. He comes down with the ball and he basically just puts his hands on his hips being like, here we go. Like, I don't know if it was as much as a taunt at the DB as it was saying, like, this is who I am. I'm going yeah. to make these contested catches in the red zone. NFL, take a look at me. And of course he gets flagged. <laughs> Uh, for the taunt right away. Tylen Wallace had another taunt. Um, I can't even remember what he did, but it was kind of just one of those generic football kind of just excited for a play. Like, so it, it got me thinking of what is a taunt and what isn't a taunt because uh, 
uh, their one of their tight ends got a touchdown, Eric Tomlinson, and he spiked the ball. And I'm thinking to myself, if you can spike the ball, but you can't put your hands on your hips, like what is there? I, I'm I'm kind of wondering if week one, I think Dallas plays the third the first game, right? Correct me. Against Tampa. Okay, so they're in the Thursday night game. Uh, First play of the game, Dak hands the ball off to Zeke. Zeke has a 10-yard rush, and he's doing the the feed me, the spoon. That's got to be a taunt, right? Is that not a taunt? Like, what are we... There's so much open for interpretation, right? Like, it's not black and white. It is still too gray. You're going to get those superstars that you know, like a Zeke that has his, you know, feed me whatever, feed me more. I mean, the cereal taunt um, or or whatever you want to call it um, that, you know, probably won't get flagged because he's Zeke and he's a superstar and he's been doing this for years, blah, 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 blah. And then you're going to get, you know, a a James Prochet or what have you, uh, you know, putting his hands on his hips or, you know, signaling the first down maybe. and, And now all of a sudden that's, that's a taunt. And it's just, I don't know. I, I, I think the NFL is going to see, you know, or I'm hoping maybe that within the first few weeks that they see like how much of a detriment that rule is to the game. Um, I mean, there's not too many sports that, you know, baseball is maybe the only other one that I can think of where it's like basically after every single play, you have to reset. And because of that, because of the structure of your game, it opens up the opportunities to celebrate every yeah. little play and celebrate every little victory, right? Like, I mean, in hockey, you you know, you see a guy make a big hit, and it's not like he's like, you know, stopping on the ice for five seconds to like flex his muscles and like, yeah. you know, play up to the crowd and say like, look what I did, right? Like, no, because the play is still going on, right? So I think I think it's just it's just the structure of the NFL and the structure of the game where it's like your game is structured to say, do a play, make something happen. And after the play is over, reset and do it again. Right. And, and because of that, it it allows for those little, you know, uh, personality moments to shine through in between each play. I just, I just think that, you know, the NFL cracking down on that is just, it takes away from the game. I mean, I love seeing yeah. a, a a player like, okay, like take a DB. Like, I mean, DBs are, you know, we, we see the memes all the time. It's like quarterback overthrows wide receiver by 15 yards. <laughs> DB celebrates flexing his muscles. And yeah. Like, like he shut the guy down or whatever. Well, now that's, is that a taunting penalty? Right. Right. Like it's just, I mean, kickers. Um, I mean, uh, he doesn't play in the, in the league anymore, but uh, Pat McAfee, uh, you know, punter for the Colts. He was, you know, like famous for some of his, his, uh, you know, celebrations after or Marquette you know, King, King. If we're sticking in the punter division. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, they, they, they make a great punt. They pin a guy, uh, uh, pin the, their opponent deep. And, uh, you know, one, one of my favorite ones was the, uh, from McAfee was the, the, you know, kind of the, the razor Ramon pump up or whatever <laughs> you want to call it. Yeah. Um, Right. And like, again, that's going to be considered probably taunting now or a kicker. If we go into the kickers, you know, makes it, you know, Justin Tucker makes a 55 yard, uh, 
uh, field goal. And, you know, if he celebrates in any manner, is that taunting? Does the field goal still count? Like, what happens? Like, it's just... I'm glad you brought that up because Justin Tucker has so many... Like, if you just go onto Twitter, hit the GIF button, GIF, whatever it's called, (laughs) and just type in Justin Tucker, and he's got at least six or seven victory celebration. But that's the thing. This guy, he has maybe, like, all of his time put together... Maybe he's on the field for two minutes and 10 seconds an entire game. If he's super busy with kickoffs, extra points and things like that. I just, we talked about this. I I can't remember. I think it was two weeks ago. Maybe there is a clear and obvious difference between a taunt where Juju lays out perfect and the guy's got a concussion on the ground and you're flexing over him or standing over top of him. Right. Or maybe, uh, you know, a DB, breaks up a pass and then gets in a wide receiver's face and like, you know, headbutts him like helmet to helmet. That that to me could be the stuff that you would get rid of. But I'm just thinking to stuff like, you know, think about Cam Chancellor. When he would make a big hit, he would turn around and he would do like the hammer. I don't know what what it was called. Uh, Maybe Seahawks people had like a name for it. But I vividly remember Cam Chancellor and it, to me, that's not a taunt. That is a, that's like a battle cry being like, boys, get it together. This is what we expect yeah. on defense. And it is such a difference than an actual taunt. And yeah, I, I, I know the refs were told, you know, to crack down on it. I just hope it gets amended soon so that there's, <sighs> Well, the clear I mean, and of course, if, if if you listen to the uh, you know New York Giants owner, it's because of that uh, that you know pesky rap music, right? Like, just what an idiot. Grow up, right? What like, an idiot. Just grow up. Like, let these guys play. Like, football is fun. It is a sport. These guys are playing a sport for a living. Let them have fun. Like, we all know the NFL stands for, you know, no fun league. But, like, so you loosen the restrictions on touchdown celebrations and you allow coordinated team celebrations. But now you're going to crack down on a guy celebrating when he makes a huge play. Like, get right. the hell out of here. You guys here. brought cameras into the stadiums last year when there was no fans around. So, uh, yeah, the defense could do a, a an orchestrated team defensive celebration, but that won't be allowed anymore. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I think that's all I want to chat, Ravens. Uh, it's time for everybody's favorite segment of the evening. It's time for the third down. What do you have for us? The third down. I'm I'm switching it up a little bit on you here again. I'm not uh, giving you head-to-head matchups. Ooh. I'm yeah yeah. I'm gonna make you think a little bit about this. Um, I don't know if you saw the tweet uh, from about a, actually it was a week ago. Remember last week when I was like, oh man, like I had an idea, but like now nah, I'm gonna go with this instead. Well, this week I'm gonna go with that idea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like I said, getting away from the the head-to-head matchups this week. Um, I'm going to, uh, I guess, present to you kind of a, you know, position by position lineup. And you give me what is the best fantasy football lineup using players from your favorite team? Okay. 
So, um, you know, it, it, it doesn't say, like, there's no rules as far, you know, is it PPR, is it standard, is it, the, like, just, um, just pick your favorite, I guess, fantasy football players from your team, um, and I, I, I'm not going to be like, this is, I'm not going to list all the positions, we'll go position by position here, um, are you ready? I'm ready, let's do this thing. Third down. Okay, all right. Um, I mean, of course, uh, we all know there's going to be a quarterback on your fantasy football team. So who is your quarterback? And just to clarify, we're doing like current players. Nope. Uh, oh, this is like all time. Yeah. Sorry. All time. Whatever. Whoever all you time, want. Whatever you want. All time. Just Ravens. Ravens. OK. Yeah, just Ravens. Has to be Lamar Jackson. It's a Obviously. no brainer. <laughs> yeah, it's a no brainer. Um, running back one. RB one. Okay, I'm sure Jake is going to get mad at me for this again, but uh, I have to go back to Ray Rice. Uh, he had that season. Uh, I'm really bad with years. I want to say 2012 range, maybe. I'd have to look it up. Uh, it was the year he had over 2,000 uh, all-purpose yards and who knows how many touchdowns. Uh just for the simple fact that he was a dual threat back. Um, easy Ray Rice. I think if you asked me this question at the end of this year and J.K. Dobbins was not hurt, I would change my answer to J.K. Dobbins. That's how good okay. of a season I think he was going to have. RB2 then? Uh, hmm. Ch- chance to redeem yourself with Jake, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to go off script, but uh, I'll go Lewis for this one. He just Jamal, yeah, Jamal. Sorry, Jamal Lewis. Uh, just too powerful, too good of a runner, uh, too good in the red zone. Uh, he would be my RB two. Okay, uh, wide receiver. Wide receiver number one. Oh man, I'm trying to think like. A little further back. You kind of put me on the spot with this. Um, <laughs> That's the whole point of the third down. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to... Th- well, my my answer for like all-time team is a little easier. I'm trying to think if like fantasy stat-wise who it would have been. Uh, I think I would probably go with Anquan Bolden still. Okay. It, just really good in the red zone, strong hands. I think I'd be... None of the Ravens receivers have ever been like high yardage receivers over and over. So it's got to be a guy who, you know, you could trust in the red zone to get you some TDs. So I'd go with Anquan. Just to make it harder, give me another receiver. (laughs) Wide receiver too. (laughs) Uh, Let's go current, more current. And I will pick Hollywood. I'll pick Hollywood Brown. Uh, I just think everybody is still sleeping on this kid. Uh because he was the first wide receiver drafted in that year. He obviously had a really uh, underwhelming rookie year, but we have to remember this kid was playing with screws in his foot. The, his whole rookie season, he still put up like closer to a thousand yards. I think I want to say he had around like five or six touchdowns. Uh, I, I see a huge year coming up with him potentially if Rashad Bateman and Sammy Watkins can stay healthy and kind of just 
take a little bit away from him being the only receiving option with Mark Andrews. So I, I see big things for, for, uh, for Hollywood. Okay. Uh, you were really, really quick to answer that one. Took a long time to answer the first mm-hmm. one really quick on the second one. Yeah. So let's see how, uh, how you do, uh, with your third one. Give me another receiver. Oh, another receiver. Wow. <laughs> You're putting me on the spot here. I know. Um, I'm going to give Ravens fans a little hope right now because it's a time that we could use a little bit of hope. And uh, I'm going to go with Rashad Bateman. No way. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Uh, I'm going purely on. And again, this is a hypothetical question. So if I'm building a hypothetical team, you never know who the receiver is going to be in a given year. Uh, I, I do expect Rashad Bateman to be. Uh, obviously not this year. He's going to miss a little bit of time. He's a little banged up, but I think this is going to be a guy who's a perennial thousand yard receiver for this team. I, I think Rashad Bateman's going to have a great year whenever he ends up being healthy. Um, but no way you're including. Okay, whatever. <laughs> uh, I, that, that surprises me. Why? Uh, well, the, like Steve Smith, Derek Mason, Derek Mason, like, I know you said like receivers never been like, you know, a big wow position for the Ravens. Um, it just surprised me, surprises me to go with a rookie that has um, no history rather than a guy like Steve Smith or Derek Mason, which I'm, I'm sure Derek Mason probably, uh, you know, is the all time leading receiver for the Ravens, which I'm again, I don't, I'm not, looking at stats right now. So I don't know. I am putting you on the spot. So maybe if you did a little bit more research, that might not be Rashad Bateman still. Okay. But wait, Um, wait, are we going on? Like, I assumed we were just going on basically who you think you would have on your team to get you the most points. It's just, it's, it's, it's the best fantasy football lineup using just players from your favorite team. So there are really no like stipulations as far as like, you know, historical data or, you know, what do they bring to the, like there, there is no, you know, hard and fast rule in, in that regard. Um, but Bateman does still surprise me. Yeah, like I, I think if we were just doing, you know, guys who have proved like maybe like rookies get nixed because they haven't actually done anything. Uh, I, I think you are right. Derek Mason did have thousand yard uh, seasons for the Ravens, uh, you know, mid low. If again, I'm not looking at stats. You put me on the spot. I want to say maybe like four to eight touchdowns in a couple of those years. So nothing bad, but he was, I I just see more potential in Rashad Bateman. Like Rashad Bateman would be one of the guys that, you know, sometimes you pick a guy in fantasy football, who's a known commodity, you know, you're going to get your X amount of points with him. And then you draft a guy like Josh Gordon, who you're not even sure if he's going to play, but if, Josh Gordon plays, he has the potential to put up like 2000 yards in, in 20 touchdowns. That's where I was going with Rashad Bateman. He would be like that flyer pick. That is like a boom bust selection. Yeah. Um, I, I just pulled up the stats here. Um, for you know, like Tory, Tory Smith surprised me. Yeah. You didn't include, 
Um, holy crap, he only played four seasons yeah. in Baltimore, and he's number three on the list uh, as far as uh, receiving yards yeah. goes. I'm guessing uh, Derek Mason is first? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, moving on, though, uh, tight end, which... Yeah, that, um, yeah, that, that, that's. I think tight end is another one of those. When we were picking our all-time teams a couple episodes ago, I think I keep going back to the same. <sighs> yeah, I <laughs> I think I and maybe this is a little bit of recency bias. I think I still have to go with Mark Andrews because he can put so many touchdowns on the board. Um. And again, same reason maybe why I would pick Hollywood. Now that this team has some weapons on the outside with their massive rushing attack, um, you know, at one point I remember watching games uh, last year and they were doubling Mark Andrews because they just, they knew it was, okay, we'll double Hollywood, we'll double Andrews. We know they're not going to get it. So I, I think he he's so good in the red zone he's he's fast enough to put up like thousand yard seasons i i did want to go dennis pitta though i really like dennis pitta he's a really good uh athlete i think a lot of ravens fans might yell at me because they love todd heap uh honestly the three of them i think it's a coin flip to be honest yeah (laughs) um Who, who would you have picked now that you're looking at all the stats Todd Heap. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just on a body of work though. Like, I mean, yeah, like he had almost 50, like he's number two on the receiving list Yep, with 50, almost 5,500 yards, um, 41 touchdowns, which is super impressive. I mean, again, larger body of work than someone like Mark Andrews, which, um, I initially would have said you were going Mark Andrews until I pulled up the stats in front of me here. Um, but I, I mean, I Mark mean An- if I were to compare, like I, I don't have the stats in front of me. Um, right. I, I don't think Todd Heap ever cracked a thousand yards. So we're not going based on okay. yardage. You can correct me if I'm wrong. You, I know you're looking at your phone right now. Uh, Mark Andrews in his, in that 2019 season, I want to say he was close to 900 yards. Like Mark Andrews is still on his rookie contract. He's put up massive touchdown numbers. I, again, without looking at the stats, I think he's probably got to be close to Todd Heap's best season statistically. And so I, again, I would go on the fact that I think Lamar will take another step. I think they've added pieces around where he doesn't have to be the focal point, which will let him get open. Like he has been. Yeah. I, I, I do just think like, I just, I, I worry for your Twitter, uh, men- <laughs> mentions in the future, Steve. Oh, Jake is going to be um, all over me on this. One. I, I'm I can't sure wait. you're going to yell that for not going with Todd heap. Like, like you said, looking at numbers, like Todd heap never had a, uh, double-digit touchdown season. Uh, Mark Andrews has. Yeah. Right. So, like, the, the, I'm, I'm not saying that you're wrong. Um, I mean, I'm not educated enough in Baltimore Ravens lore to say that you are wrong. Um, 
but it does still, I guess, surprise me isn't a little that bit. The great thing about um, isn't that like maybe great is the wrong word. The the good and the bad thing about fantasy football is you actually don't have to be a Baltimore Ravens fan to look at statistical numbers and say like this is who I would play in a statistically proven made up game, right? Like I don't have to be a Seahawks fan and just go back and look at all their tight ends and be like, okay, how many touchdowns do they have? How consistent were they with their receiving yards? How many games did they play? Et cetera, et cetera. Like it's kind of the fun thing about fantasy football. Like I don't need to know a lot about the Carolina Panthers to know that Christian McCaffrey is a freak and you always pick him one one Right. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, it, had I not been looking at the stats, I would have been like, oh, yeah, Mark Andrews. Like, that totally, like, I wouldn't have even thought of Todd Heap. Um, so, again, I'm not, I'm not going to say you're wrong. It just, it, it does surprise, like I said, surprise, surprises me a little bit when I look at actual numbers. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, the, the, the numbers only prove so much because it's, you know, different bodies of work, of course. Um, but, like I said, I, I, I worry about your Twitter mentions. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, um, couple more positions here. Uh, first flex. So Ooh. receiver, running back, tight end. I didn't even think about a flex position. Not super flex, eh? Can't throw Flacco in there. Coming uh, at you, Steve. <laughs> I think. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a little uh, a little wild card out here. You know my style in fantasy football. It's very much like your style with fantasy football. You and I like to start as many running backs as we possibly can. Um, running backs are king. Running backs are king, and I'm gonna go with Gus Edwards. Okay. And. and Obviously, it comes at the expense of another guy. If you would have asked me this question before the preseason game, J.K. Dobbins would be that RB3 guy. Uh, But now that Gus has to be the lead back, I think he's going to get double-digit touchdowns. And I think he is going to get between 1,200 and 1,300 yards. Wow. That's my prediction for Gus Edwards this year. In a, in a committee, that's impressive. Yeah. The, the thing with, <laughs> with Gus Edwards is uh, Ravens fans love to call him Mr. Dependable. And because literally you know exactly what you're going to get out of Gus Edwards every year. Uh, his first year, he rushed 137 times, 718 yards. Second year, 133 rushes, 711 yards. Last year, 144 rushes, 723 yards. Like he, he's gotten within 11 carries in three consecutive years, and he's been within 22 yards every single year. His yards per per carry is 5.2. Statistics would say feed this dude the ball, and he's going to get, you know, 12, 1300 yards. So yeah, I'm gonna pick Gus. I'm feeling optimistic okay. today. Well, let's not leave anybody out. Give me another flex. Oh, we'll give you one more <laughs> flex. Hey, eh? uh, let's go, Derek Mason. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'll give... I, I am surprised you haven't included Mark Ingram yet. Um, I I know he wasn't there long, but when he was there, he 
was really good for a short amount of time. So I, and again, I, I think it's the tale of which Mark Ingram you get. I yep. do not like to target fantasy players who have a really good year, you know, followed by really bad years because you kind of just know the writings on the wall. So I don't want to call Mark Ingram a boomer bust because he's just getting a little older. Uh, he's had a ton of kids. Like, go back to his Alabama days. They fed him the rock. Go back to his uh, New Orleans days early on he was he's kind of always been in a committee but they've fed him hard carries all the time um eh, you could go mark ingram but i'm gonna go yeah go another way gotta have another receiver it's okay i'm okay with you not including mark ingram because i actually hate mark ingram um mark 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 ingram uh scored a garbage time touchdown uh many many years ago uh, which cost me a spot in the fantasy football finals. Oh my gosh! So you hold screw so, Mark Ingram. You hold so many grudges because of that I stuff. Do. I my do. My goodness! Shoot, Der- shoot Derrick Henry into the moon. Yeah, or into the sun. Sorry. Don't like. And Henry. again, we're really doing our best not to exclude anybody here. Okay. Um, Justin Tucker. Give- no, no, no. Darn. Kickers don't matter. Yes, they do. When they're Justin Tucker, they matter. <laughs> Kickers don't matter. Superflex, who is your guy? Oh, my Superflex. Um, Joseph Flacco. Elite. Just Sugar because, Shane Flacco. I mean, it had to be a quarterback. I'm yeah. not going to pick Trent Dilfer for anything. Kyle Bowler was Kyle Bowler. Um, I don't ever remember watching the the Vinny Testaverde days that was quite a bit before like I have you know this I haven't been a Seahawk or a Ravens fan since 96 Um, Flacco just had the arm where he could have big games so you have to pick a quarterback and I'm picking a boom bust guy like Flacco for that spot yeah Um, I guess full disclosure just to put myself out there as well um, I'll give you a quick rundown of my team. Okay. Uh, so quarterback, obviously Russell Wilson. Oh, not Tavares Jackson. Wow. <laughs> shocked. I'm, I'm shocked okay. and offended. RIP. Um, running back, uh, obviously Marshawn Lynch and also obviously Sean Alexander. Wait, Marshawn Lynch was your RB one over Sean Alexander. Well, I mean, it hand in hand, like, mm. I don't know. Like, ho, 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 ho. you better hope Sean Alexander is not listening to this because we are never going to get him as a guest. Thank you. Uh, sorry, Mr. <laughs> Alexander. Um, still friends. Um, like I said, <laughs> I wasn't really thinking like, oh, like RB one. Like, I was just like running back, running back. I, I had the benefit of seeing the lineup in front of me, unlike you did, where I went position by position. Um, wide receiver. DK Metcalf, Steve Largent, Doug Baldwin, tight end, Jimmy Graham. Un- unfortunately, <laughs> this is like this is like the all-time team this, as well. Yeah, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago with like the all-time Seahawks offense, and and tight end has uh, has never been a position of glory for the Seahawks. Um, flex, I've got Kurt Warner. No, not that Kurt Warner, Steve. 
um, my other flex, I've got Tyler Lockett. And uh, my super flex, again, no-brainer, uh, Matthew Hasselbeck. Friend of the show, Matthew Hasselbeck. Friend of, friend of the show, Matthew Hasselbeck. I, uh, I, I hope he's listening. <laughs> Please come on our show. <laughs> he is listening. He's always listening. <laughs> They're always listening, Steve. Uh, just the creepiest <laughs> way to end a segment. <laughs> well, on that note, we are going to move on just a little bit here. Uh, we have a short little mailbag. And by short, I mean exactly one question. I think everybody was out celebrating your birthday, to be honest. Uh, Must have been it. Yeah, we know we know one person who consistently sends mailbag questions in was getting married. So he kind of probably (laughs) is still asleep from last night. (laughs) Priorities, man, priorities and his are clearly in the wrong spot. Right. If your new wife can't accept the fact that you like to listen to football podcasts and call in mailbag questions, well, you might have to get a divorce day one. It's all right. You just want to interact with the boys. (laughs) As if he didn't do that enough yesterday, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, So we have one question. uh, It came via Instagram from Seahawks.uk all day. I like that. It kind of rhymes. Seahawks. (laughs) Um, And it comes from James. So this is definitely a question for you. You could have guessed that based on the Instagram name. If you could save one Seahawks player uh, who's on the wire from being cut, who would it be? So I'm guessing like a fringe kind of player that maybe has like a little special spot in your heart and you're like, don't know if he's going to make it, but this is who I would want to save. So that comes from James uh, Seahawks in the UK. So thanks for listening, James. Yeah. So um, just uh, to, I guess, fill you in as well. So James is uh, part of the We Talk Seahawks podcast out of the UK, cool. um, along with Pez and Matt. I can't remember um, the third guy. There's a third. I, I'm I'm listening to the most current episode right now, and, and the the third guy whose name I can't think of uh, isn't on that episode because he's been busy with school. Um, We'll call him I'm School Guy on. for now. School Guy for now. School I'll, I'll for figure now. out his name. I'm, I'm actually going on uh, on their podcast uh, next week. Nice. Uh, I'm jump, jumping on with those guys, uh, you know, due to, due to the time change, jumping on with them uh, midday next Sunday. Um, but anyways, the to answer your question, James, my one guy would have to be Robert uh, Kemdichi. Okay. Uh, you... I'm sure Steve remember how excited I was mm-hmm. when the Seahawks signed Kim Uh I mean, he's still only 26 years old, uh, you know, can play inside and out on that defensive line. And, uh, and I was really excited. I was hoping that, you know, like this was going to be it. This was going to be the opportunity that he needed to succeed and, you know, make this, uh, you know, football thing stick. Um, you know, first week or two out of camp, uh, he was, you know, a lot of positive things were coming out of camp. He looked good. He was, you know, excited to be there, happy to be there. You know, everyone was talking about his attitude, his mentality and, and, you know, he, you know, 
in a you know finally in a good spot and blah 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 blah. Um, but now with this last week or so, it's been like, well, Kim DG hasn't played a single snap in the preseason, which initially I was thinking like, oh, like Kim DG hasn't played a single snap in the preseason. Like he's a shoe in to make this team like, hell yeah, I can't wait to see him. Well, no, it turns out he hasn't been playing in the preseason because apparently he's dealing with a nagging injury. Um, uh, so that nagging injury could lead to him, uh, being cut. Uh, it, it's rumor has it. It's a groin injury. Apparently Pete Carroll said it's something else. So, um, I don't, I don't really know what the truth is at, at, at this point, but, um, that's a guy that I would, was hoping was going to make the team. So to now hear that, um, that, you know, he's on, on the bubble and it might be one of those guys that does get cut to get down to the 53 man roster. Um, yeah, it sucks. Um, you know, like I said, uh, you know, you know, this is a guy I wanted the Seahawks to draft right. when he was coming out of college. So, um, you know, when he finally gets this opportunity in Seattle uh, and it just, you know, uh, a groin injury or whatever it may be, whatever, whatever the real reason may be, it might not even be a nagging injury. Like, who knows? Um, yeah, it sucks to see that, you know, it, it, it's probably not going to work out in Seattle and. Uh, you know, therefore, it's probably not going to work out for, uh, you know, this is probably the the last straw for Kim Dietschy in his career. Yeah, that, that always sucks when you get such a young player who is highly touted, has a lot of those tools and for whatever reason, just can't stick on a team. You know, who knows what that actually is? Uh, this question actually reminded me I had something written down for I know James is not asking about Ravens. Uh, but I had something written down that I totally forgot to mention. And one of those things, the news things in the Ravens um, was that they traded rookie cornerback Sean Wade. And this reminded me, I so wrapped up in, in the J.K. Dobbins injury, I forgot to mention this. But Sean Wade was actually one of those players that I wanted to see make the 53-man roster. Um, and there was talks that he was just not going to make it. So they traded him to the Patriots um, for a 2022 seventh round pick and a 2023 fifth round pick, which kind of sparked a lot of debate because you just spent a fifth round pick this year to select this guy. Uh, I had a couple conversations with some people on Twitter. I thought he was having a pretty good camp. Um, you know, when you don't hear about what DBs are doing, it's usually a good sign. He did have an interception, but uh, I think it was Pro Football Focus had a little thing of the highest graded rookie cornerbacks in preseason, and he was just behind um, uh, Pat Sertan. So Pat Sertan has like a 95 rating. I think Sean Wade had like 92. So that one was a little surprising to me, and it sorry, it, it just kind of reminded me of a player I wanted to see make the roster who I knew was going to be fighting in a, in a deep cornerback uh, room that ended up getting traded. So if there's Ravens fans listening, I totally stole James's question, but we appreciate that. That's okay. I, I was, I was going to flip it anyways and, and ask, you know, from a, a, a Ravens perspective, if there's anyone um, that you felt the same way about. So yeah, Thanks for uh, yeah, like, uh, reading my mind, Stephen. I'm glad you also mentioned that. So uh, if any Seahawks fans are listening to this, uh, what what day are you guys recording? 
you're gonna make your first or first football podcast appearance as a guest. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, because of course I went on the the PP one podcast yeah. and talked some hockey. Um, we are recording uh, next Sunday the fifth, I believe is the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, at noon uh p- pacific standard time could be a little bit different not having you know a couple beers while, while i re- record a podcast but uh i mean it's not gonna stop you it's 12 o'clock somewhere right maybe i'll make more sense then I yeah that's right <laughs> um okay i do this every week and i don't plan on stopping anytime soon i'm gonna give you the last words my friend yeah, like I said, um, I'm hopping on with the uh, you know guys from the UK on the We Talk Seahawks podcast. Um, jumping on with them next Sunday. Not quite sure when the episode will release, but I'll be sure to plug that, uh, uh, I guess, next week's episode when we record in the evening. Um, I'm sure I'll have a better idea then. Um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for you know, interacting with us on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, you know, not so much on Facebook, but that's okay. We still love you guys. Uh, but we are there. We are on Facebook. Don't forget about us over there as well. Uh, we're over on YouTube, uh, you know, trying to post a few more videos and be more, you know, interactive on, on there also, um, you know, just, uh, you know, pull the screen back a little bit and put some faces to the voices for you guys a little bit. Um, you guys can find me over on Twitter at Phillips Chris 12 at Steve said at the open. Uh, don't forget to follow the podcast account at ballhawks underscore pod. And, uh, guys, um, I, I finally got my, um, poop in a group <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> created the ballhawks fantasy, fantasy football league, uh, we still have a couple spots open. So if you guys want in on the inaugural uh, Ball Hawks Fantasy Football League, we're running it through ESPN. It's going to be a PPR league. Uh, no money, just for fun. Uh, we discussed the idea of maybe doing it for charity. Uh, but I think this year we're just going to do it, do it for fun. Excuse me. See how it goes. And, and next year we can discuss, uh, you know, including some charities and, and uh, you know, helping out our communities and, and things like that. Um, so, yeah, hit us up on Twitter at ballhawks underscore pod. Uh, shoot us a DM if you want in on the uh, fantasy league. Like I said, uh, there's about, I think, two to three spots uh, left open still. Uh, if you want to DM us on our personal accounts as well, that's, you know, whatever, whatever you guys want to do. Uh, we, we need to fill those spots. The draft is going to be next Monday, September 6th, uh, again, uh, 12 o'clock, uh, Pacific standard time. So, you know, 3 PM for you Eastern folks, uh, 8 PM for our friends over in the UK. Uh, with that guys, I'm going to, uh, leave you with that. Please hit us up. Uh, we want to fill that league. Uh, we want to have fun with you guys. We want to interact with you guys. Um, talk some trash, make some trades, you know, let Steve know how crappy his team is because he's not paying attention, whatever it may be. Uh, But as always, guys, go Hawks. Peace. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Hi, I'm 
Connie Thiessen, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favourite podcast app.